Welcome to episode 109 of Radio 815, the podcast dedicated to examining the work of writer-director J.J. Abrams, as well as his greater bad robot universe. I'm your host, per usual. My name is Marcelo Inestroza, joined as always by my fellow co-host, Matt Crandall. And on today's edition of the show, we'll be talking about Fringe Season 3, Episodes 16 and 17. So the first episode up in that batch is an episode entitled Oats. Matt, you'll float too. We all float down here. And this episode starts in very interesting fashion because, yeah, we've got some weird upside down cool heist. But from there, we go to a scene of Walter getting high with none other then Hugo motherfucking Reyes, Jorge Garcia from Lost, is in the Fringe universe here. So I got to call that out right away that this episode kicks off with just awesome Walter hanging out with Hurley, getting high, watching security footage of Massive Dynamic and figuring out where William Bell's office is. And I absolutely loved it. Having Jorge Garcia just pop in for a little bit was delightful because it's so great to see him again and having him be on a bad robot universe show just put an instant smile on my face and then we dive into this whole mystery of these people who float and are trying to steal osmium which is a very dense metal and we find out that there's this whole thing and all of this is being run by dr crick who's also a pretty big guest star which is alan ruck who people should recognize as Cameron Fry from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, or currently on HBO's number one drama, Succession, as Connor Roy. So this guy showing up as the sort of evil scientist with good intentions, who Fringe loves a mystery that unfolds as a scientist who his heart is in the right place, but the way that he's going about this results in him mutilating and murdering multiple people in the process. But I thought that was very interesting as we are investigating this cool floating, which is a unique fringe event. Now, I don't know if the science holds up that people who were paralyzed in wheelchairs would be able to walk just because they can float. But this is fringe. So, Marcella, what are you thinking as we start with this weird upside down heist and we do get that Hurley appearance? When I saw Hurley, I was like, holy shit, it's Hurley. So I really, really enjoyed that. But I did not know that the actor who plays Cameron and Ferris Bueller was the was the for the lack of a better word, the bad guy in this episode. So that really blew me away. I did not recognize him at all. You mentioned If the science holds up in this episode, this doctor gets contracted to do some work for the military. And in the process, he creates a chemical that allows individuals to float. So he gets the idea of synthesizing more of this chemical and running more tests on this chemical as an effort to give his son, who is a paraplegic, a chance to walk. As a disabled individual, I cannot tell you guys how many times I've had dreams about walking, running, 
finding, uh, you know, finding a cure for my disability, but I really, um, I really identified with his mission throughout this whole episode because there are various times in my life where I see people around me. I see, I, I would see my friends around me sort of want to make my disability, to make my disability not be a part of me anymore. And I could just see on their faces that they wanted to help me, but they weren't able to. So to see the emotional through line of this episode, be a father who wants to make his son walk again, but, but in order to do that has to do something completely awful, uh, really, really rang true to me. And it was kind of awesome. The floating effects of this episode is quite awesome. First, when the cop uh, shoots the one guy and he just floats up, it's really, really cool. In that same scene, when the cop shows up on, uh, you know, on the on the property of where these these two paraplegics are trying to break into, the camera actually tilts from upside down to right side up. So I really enjoyed that co- that little camera flourish that the director didn't have to necessarily put in. Yeah, it was definitely really a nice camera trick and especially because the whole time we're watching it we think that they're climbing up a building and struggling and then we realize they're actually climbing down a building and struggling to stay grounded which is that cool unique fringe twist and as you said the through line of this being this father who's trying to do something that he thinks is like the right thing for his son and then by the end of it they have their nice moment well a nice moment but a bad moment where the the scientist ends up getting arrested by fringe team. And, you know, while he's in jail, his son basically says, you were always trying to fix me, but the only thing I needed was my father to tuck me in at night and say that he loved me. And so like, there's a nice through line there. And I really like that stuff. The other thing that really ramps up in this episode, we have a lot of Walter digging into Belly's office, trying to figure out, what Belly was up to. And we start to revisit this idea of soul magnets and a way to maybe after death carry on in some way. And so Walter is really invested in that. And he has a heart to heart with Nina where he says, you know, we need to find out what Belly was up to. And if there's a way that we can get Belly's consciousness to come back through this soul magnet research, we need it because I am not smart enough to take on Walter to And she says, you know, the thing you always keep saying, Walter, is that you're not smart enough. But the thing that made you great was never how smart you were, was actually your creativity and how creative you were when it came to these solutions. And that was not something that was cut out when Belly took those pieces of your brain out. That is something that is still in you. And I thought that was really interesting because obviously screenwriters saying that creativity is more important than smarts is kind of the Bible of writing a show. Like we don't need to outsmart people. We just need to be really creative and engaging. So I thought that was a very interesting way to look at it. And it revisited a lot of ideas that are going to be huge by the end of the episode and certainly moving forward, but they planted them without hitting us over the head so that we knew exactly where the story was going. And I did like that. Walter has been so down on himself that for Nina to show that compassion in that moment was was really nice and you know added 
added more to their relationship that we haven't seen as much of lately. So what are you thinking as Walter is still worrying that he's not smart enough to save the day here? Is it just me or when Walter rushes into Nina's office and she's looking at the first people books, is it just me or is she trying to avoid Walter or kind of get in Walter's way of finding a solution to Peter stepping into the machine? Because I've been kind of feeling that way for a couple of weeks, but I haven't, I haven't felt like vocalizing it, but for some reason that scene really said, okay, I really need to bring this up because it's kind of bugging me. Are you getting that at all off of Nina? Yeah, I think you're definitely picking up something that is there on purpose, I think. Also, you mentioned that you've you've really liked the way that um, Nina and Walter's relationship has been progressing over the past couple of weeks uh, and this season. I really think that they had a past uh, vis-a-vis. I think that they dated at some point or or even worse had an affair so i could see that being being something that maybe nina will bring up uh later on or walter will figure out because nina has always been very very not so forthcoming but as as the series has gone along she has opened up more and more and now that walter has Master dynamic, and now that he's the boss, she seems to be she seems to be opening up to him more than anybody. Um, I will say that I have a feeling that Walter is going to make a mistake that will cost somebody something because his behavior for the past weeks has has gone from crazy to insane like everything that he's doing every time that he freaks out he just loses his mind and it's like i understand that you're worried about peter but you need to calm down and you need to think about this logically because if you don't really think about what you're doing you could actually do more harm than good so i'm kind of worried as well yeah and i think you should be (laughs) because yeah something Some other shoe is going to drop, so you're definitely right there. The other main through line of this episode is the Peter and Olivia relationship, which, okay, last episode was 1985, but two episodes ago, they kind of realized that maybe they could start up again, and they could try and get over the faux Olivia trauma and, and make a go of it. I honestly thought I had missed an episode, because when this starts, they are fucking full on in love stars in their eyes as if nothing bad has ever happened they're skipping around and everybody's happy that they're a couple so it was a little bit jarring that they are doing like cute rom-com banter with each other for their first couple of scenes as if none of the trauma of the faux Olivia thing had ever unfolded and i i know that then we're talking about harsh honesty and they have some playful moments And as this is going on and we see that Peter lies to her when he takes a phone call and he's still working on his weird shapeshifter disc device, I'm thinking like, I'm really surprised that we just went from, you know, like 25% their relationship to a hundred in one episode's time and then waiting for this shoe to drop of, 
by the way, Peter murdered a bunch of shapeshifters in absolute cold blood like a rabid dog. But it does come out by the end that he does say, oh, I thought we were just being truthful about like stuff with our relationship. And she's like, no, no, we're being truthful about everything. And he's like, OK, well, I got to drive you to this secret warehouse I've been fucking around in and show you all this shit. Of course, at that moment, something happens that he doesn't have to have a difficult conversation with Olivia. But what are you thinking this whole episode as their relationship is like in a very overwhelmingly positive place? I'm really pissed off because as you know, and as our listeners know, I wanted Olivia to hold Peter accountable for a couple more weeks. I wanted her to make him suffer a little bit more. Well, not suffer. That's the wrong word. But I wanted, I wanted to make, I wanted Olivia to make Peter work for it a little bit more. So to have them at odds last week and to have them be so lovey-dovey, I thought that the writers hit the re- hit the reset normalize button way too fast. I would have had them be okay with each other, but not be fully back to the lovey-dovey Peter that we know and love until the finale. I thought that would have added some much needed attention to the things that we have happening within these episodes. Now, the other thing um, that I found really cool I really like when um, Walter does an autopsy of the first floating victim in his lab and how he has the, uh, because the guy is floating, he can't put him on a traditional table. So he has him roped up to, uh, to like cans and he's floating up above the floor. It's just a really, really cool effing visual. I mean, it's something small, but it's really really cool yeah it definitely is a striking visual and it looks really good whenever they use the floating and obviously it's probably just some wire work that is an old school effect but it it really works really well the other effect that works really well in this episode is anna freaking torv who all season hey anna we need you to play two characters olivia and faux olivia are you up to the task she was up to the task and they said, hmm, why don't we throw in a third fucking character for you to have to play this season? Because as we find out, Belly's plan for these soul magnets has actually been put into place. It is something that you have to physically drink uh, these actual soul magnets. But Walter realizes that William Bell has a Williams Bell. That if wrong, will call his plan into action and have his soul return to whoever he has planted to be his conduit. And they ring the bell at the exact moment that Peter is coming clean to Olivia. And he's like, sorry, honey, I murdered all these people. What do you think? And when she turns around, she is no longer Olivia. She is William Bell because Olivia Dunham was the soul magnet conduit. Marcelo, what are you thinking in those moments where Anna Torb turns around and starts doing her best Nimoy cadence and says, hello, Peter, it's good to see you again. I really loved how the Fringe writers took something so innocuous 
as Olivia drinking a cup of tea when she first met William Bell on the other side in the Twin Towers. But I love how they took something so innocuous and then they brought it back in this episode and they made it important. That also pisses me off. They could have done that with the Jacksonville episode. The fact that they didn't have that much foresight really ticked me off. But uh, that being said, Anantor, especially this season, is flexing her acting muscles left, right, and center. And I really like how when uh, when Walter rings the bell over a massive dynamic and, you know, Olivia's looking away from Peter, you know, for just a split second, and then Anantora's face just drops. And when it goes back up, she 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 muffles her voice. I don't know how. First of all, if I was an actor, I couldn't stay in that voice all day for I so so kudos for her for keeping the same voice register all the whole time. But the way that she just it's it's, it's awesome. It's awesome. It's 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 kind of it's kind of cheesy, but once you know what they're going for, and if you go with it, and if you buy it, it's great. Yeah, I really. I really dug it and we get a lot more of it going forward. On that note, we move to the final episode that we're going to discuss this week. Uh, Stowaway. So, Matt, I have a question. Do you want to jump off the ledge? If we're going for a quick suicide ride that I will actually not end up dying, then yeah, let's do it. Let's get some thrills. So this episode has a mystery of the week, but to solve this mystery of the week, we bring in our universe version of Lincoln Lee. So we've got Seth Gable stepping in to be part of our fringe team, which is a really fun dynamic. So I think that having that element is really great. And then the other thing that works to really grab us, if <laughs> you're watching this show and you are deep into the bad robot universe, like we are, then you will know that the woman who walks away from the car after doing this, Dana Gray, who is the woman that we followed the whole time, was on Lost. She was Colleen on Lost. So she's also Trixie on Deadwood. I'm a diehard, diehard Deadwood fan. But so we've got another Lost alum showing up for a mystery of the week, which makes me kind of care about her right away because I'm bringing all my other TV show baggage to it. And then when we're throwing in Lincoln and we're having Anna Torv, be William Bell the entire episode. Our Olivia is gone except for like a 10 second flash. This is her doing the full Nimoy. What are you thinking, Marcelo, as we're throwing all of these elements into this weird like race against time and and they do invest a personal story into the mystery of the week as they often do? This was so much fun for the multiple reasons that you mentioned. First of all, being introduced to our version of Lincoln Lee. When I saw him pop up, I, I'm like, holy shit, I was wrong. And I won't mention what I was wrong about because that's not important right now. But it was really cool to see our version of Lincoln Lee, to see this actress uh, uh, who, you know, who appeared in Lost pop up again in the JJ universe was great. But I think the gold of this episode was basically to see Anator have some fun and to see her interact with Walter as William Bell really gave me a sneak peek of what their relationship was like back in the day and how their relationship was when, when, you know, you know, shit didn't go to, 
uh, uh, you know, when, how their relationship was before everything went to shit. So I really enjoyed that. But the thing that made this episode really resonate with me is the story of this woman who, after being in a car accident, has her frequency changed so much so that no matter how much she tries to die, she can't do it. But the thing that but the thing that really was effective to me and the thing that kind of hurt but didn't hurt as someone who um and before I say this I just need to I just need to preface this by saying I'm not going in anywhere. I love my life. I'm not going anywhere, okay? So I don't need anybody to panic with what I'm about to say. But as a person who who has contemplated who has contemplated suicide once in my life, I really felt awful for this woman who just could not die and who and who just wanted to be with her family so fucking bad. It was so it hit me right here because at a point in my life I felt like that and if it wasn't for external things that happened, I wouldn't be here right now. But I just felt so fucking bad for her and to watch her go through this again and again and again and again and again. But with that being said, I like what the writers did with her story that that they postulated that she had to be she had to be in the world for a specific reason and that's why she had to stay around uh, uh this that's why she couldn't die with her family and, and and she needed to be here for a reason. So it was all about destiny and purpose. So I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Yeah, I think having it be this faded thing that she didn't know at the time she had a higher calling and they kind of deduce after the fact that maybe that was why she was around. But I do like that we often see people striving for immortality and this shows what if you get it, but you never wanted it. And it is actually a curse rather than a gift because you're living in that pain that will never end. And so I thought... That was a really interesting twist on usually we see mad scientists doing stuff to live forever. And here was someone who accidentally was able to live forever and didn't want it. And to see her try and find a way to kind of ride someone else's death and stow away, as the title says, through like whatever pearly gates you believe in, that was what she was trying to do. And as we go on, Again, this is all coming back to perhaps the thing that Walter did in 1985 has caused weird spots in our universe where the natural order apple cart is upset. So instead of this woman dying and stay dead because these universe barriers are acting freaky and acting up because of what Walter did, she was never able to die. But then they realized maybe it was because there was some greater destiny at foot and she needed to actually save these people from this bomb rather than be the suicide bomber herself. And I do like that. She, we can see that she's struggling with this and we find out she is a good person and is actually like the number one person at the suicide hotline. And I thought that all of that was really good. So it wasn't just a black and white villain, tons of shades of gray. And we cared about her seeing the pain when she visited her family's grave as the the fringe team side of it is a little bit more light where we're getting the dynamic of 
William and Walter back together, even though it's our Olivia saying all the Williamisms. And I just love Walter being giddy, like at the crime scene when he's like, look at us right now. Me and Belly are collecting fluid specimens again, just like when we were kids. And Peter is like, I'm glad you're enjoying yourself, but like people have been murdered. Like, keep that in mind. So I think that is a lot of fun. And the fun of Lincoln showing up and the Lincoln that we have gotten to know knows all about Fringe. So in this, when they mention Fringe Division, he's like, what division? And they're like, well, this isn't the weirdest thing we've ever seen. And he's like, it isn't like what is going on here? What have I stumbled into? So I love that you know, yin and yang of we know Lincoln on the other side to be this head honcho of Fringe. And here he's astonished by everything that's going on because he hasn't had a taste of the Fringe aspect. And that was so much fun juxtaposed with the real sad and melancholy of the the weekly thing with Dana. But it made it very memorable. And having Anna Torv play William Bell and they realize that they have to find another conduit for belly's consciousness within they had a ticking clock it's like 48 hours they think um but by the end of the episode we think that it might not actually be as simple as passing belly's spirit to the cow in the the lab we've got a maybe more on the table here what are you thinking when <laughs> at the end that moment where olivia does come through for a second and she's like, what in the fuck is happening? And then Walter is kind of like, uh, this might not be as easy as flipping a flipping a switch and having everything go back to normal. Yeah, well, first I'm thinking, oh fuck, of course they miscalculated. Cause 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 nothing that Walter ever does, or nothing that William well, William 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 as opposed to Walter seems to be a more cautious scientist. But with things like this, when scientists tell you, oh, we can just fix this by doing this, it's never that easy. So when our Olivia, when our Olivia's consciousness wakes up and takes control for a couple of seconds, I'm going, William Bell said 48 hours, but if this can happen, they have less than 48 hours. So I hope that they figure out a solution fast because the more and more that they wait, the the less of our Olivia that we're going to have left in her own brain. Because I think the dominant personality is going to take over. And the dominant personality is going to overtake Olivia's neurons somehow. So by that final scene happening the way it does, it, it serves as an excellent kickoff point for the episodes that we're going to talk about next week. Also, I really like this episode because, look, Walter has done awful things. He's been blamed for so much. He's been seen as a genius. He's been seen as a child. But we've never really gotten to see him with a good friend of ours, for with a good friend of his, for an extended amount of time. Sure, he has Nina. He has Astrid, who he, who, who he, who he, yeah, who he can never remember the name of. But he doesn't have a really good friend with him from back in the day on the ground constantly. And it was really nice to see him with a good friend, even if that good friend was talking to him through somebody that we love, Olivia. So 
I love how this episode ended, but I'm terrified for next week because how are they going to fix this? Are they going to save Olivia or are they going to lose Olivia? And if they lose Olivia, what what complications is, is that going to bring up if that happens? Which I hope it doesn't. But if it does, like like are they going to go? Are they going to go back and get for Olivia and do the one thing that they're trying that they that you know they're trying to prevent? Right. We'll have to see. And I do think you raised two very good points. It was fun to see Walter just hang out with William Bell and and have a good friend there because the only time we've seen them interact, it was like a super ticking clock end of the world situation on the other side. And now we got to relax a little bit until that final moment where, you know, we've just taken for granted that William Bell is taking over Olivia's body. And we thought like, oh, maybe Olivia is not aware of it or like, it's just, it's not invasive. It's fine. But when she comes through for that second, I was like, oh shit, is this like the sunken place? Is she trapped in there and struggling to get out and can't? And so I thought, that moment and then when bell is like oh this is going to be a little bit more difficult than we thought it's like oh we've already had so many episodes this season where our olivia was not with our team she was replaced and she was in the other place and now for her to be in the sunken place and not here i'm like i wanted i'm having fun with belly but i was hoping that we could just hop him out an episode from now and Olivia would return as if nothing had happened. But now it's starting to seem like there may be bigger ramifications and we will have to see how those play out going forward. No, the other thing that we're not considering is that we are in the back half of the season. So we're at this point, we're headed downhill. So, so we don't have much. So there's not much time to fuck around. So whatever's going to happen, it's going to happen quick. Yeah, it should. We've got five episodes left this season. So I do think we are on a downward trajectory in terms of all the stuff they've been setting up is finally going to drop. So next week we will talk about episode 18 bloodline and episode 19 uh, lysergic acid diethamide LSD for short, because I ain't saying that again, but that should be a lot of fun. All right, guys, on that note, that'll do it. For this edition of Radio 815, listen, if you guys like anything that we do here on the show and you want to reach out to us on social media, there are many ways to do that. First, uh, you can just reach out to us on Twitter by simply just using the hashtag Radio 815, or you can reach out to us on our personal Twitter account. It's JJUniverse815. Um, If you want to reach me personally, you can also reach me on Twitter. I'm at CreekFanatic88. Matt, if the good folks want to reach out to you and talk to you about anything, how can they get to you? On Twitter, at Matt Crandall. Also, I want to mention, for those of you that like the show but don't necessarily know how podcasts work, we are available on YouTube. It's just uh, youtube.com slash Radio815. All our back episodes are posted there. So if you prefer to listen to the show that way, Go over there, subscribe to the show, and give us some love over there. Uh, We greatly appreciate it, and we greatly appreciate you for listening to the show. But until next week, as always, we'll talk back soon. Radio 815 is a Balloonhead Productions presentation in association with Killer Newt Productions.